people. You're listening to Radio 8 Ball. Andras Jones is the host. I'm Calvin Johnson. Fairly inconsequential. <laughs> That's great. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. The Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening. 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 Where we are engaging the pop oracle using the Radio 8 Ball app, which is filled with every song recorded in the history of Radio 8 Ball, as well as a couple hundred of my own. I hope by now you've downloaded the Radio 8 Ball app if you're an iPhone user. It's free and it allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations just as we do here on the show. The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen pop oracle song of the day. On last week's episode of Radio 8 Ball, Raina Rose asked... Okay, it's, uh, should we stay in Texas or move home to Oregon? And received as her randomly chosen answer from the pop oracle, I Felt Your Shape by Mount Erie, recorded on Radio 8 Ball at Theater Off Jackson in Seattle, Washington on January 10th, 2010. I felt your shape, I heard you breathing. I felt the rising We'll be joined in this episode by Calvin Johnson, who is the owner and operator of K Records and one of the creative forces behind bands like Beat Happening, the Halo Benders, Dub Narcotic Sound System, the Hive Dwellers, and his own solo projects. Last week's episode chose so many Calvin-adjacent artists and songs, as well as one of his own, that it just seemed natural to ask him back to share his insights and synchronicities this week. Plus, it's always fun to have him on the show. On the personal front, after a whirlwind drive down to L.A., I'm back in Olympia, looking out over the rooftops and the trees and the birds and the elements from my attic apartment in Ole. 
As I discuss in this session with Calvin, he and I live in what has become a kind of rock and roll neighborhood in its way. When I was a kid growing up in Olympia and going to school at Lincoln Elementary, this neighborhood felt like a pretty rock and roll place. Not because it was populated by professional indie musicians as it is now, but because my friends whose parents had cooler record collections than my own lived there. So much of the music I now take for granted I first encountered on turntables in the late 1970s and early 80s between 17th and 20th Avenues just off Capitol Way. Later, in the early 90s, when I moved back to town with my band The Previous, we got a place on Jefferson just off 16th and lived the kind of rock and roll dream only available to lucky kids in their early 20s. We made music in the basement and toured and took psychedelics and went to rallies and fought and loved and eventually pregnancies and marriages and better career opportunities ended this brief moment of endless possibility. But not for me. Every day I ride my bike past the old band house and the homes my childhood friends lived in long ago and it's all very alive. Haunted even. Not by ghosts but by me. Here's a wild little previous outtake from the sessions for our 1992 CD, Mr. Jones and the Fascists in Search of the Hundredth Monkey, that gets more and more prophetic with each passing year. It's called Can't Get Out of Paradise. Okay, you know what's next. Have you downloaded the Radio 8 Ball app? Come on, just do it.
It's free if you got an uh, iPhone. And if you don't have an iPhone, well, uh, I'm sorry, but believe me, I am working on creating an Android version as soon as, well, as soon as enough people download the other version and make it popular. So uh, it justifies uh, the massive expense of creating beautiful things like the Radio 8 Ball app. And if you'd like to support what we do here on Radio 8 Ball, please join our Patreon campaign for just $1 a month. You can get all the bonus episodes, and that really means my questions. So if you're not paying the buck a month to hear what I'm asking, uh, I don't even know why you're listening to the show. Uh, please don't stop. But, uh, but seriously... Come on, join our Patreon campaign. I have a great question on today's show, um, and it gets a great answer. And we have a great conversation. Come on, you're missing out if you're not joining. Uh, and I don't even know why I bother asking, because for some reason, the audience for Radio 8 Ball is just, uh, you know, allergic to writing ratings and reviews. But if you get over that allergy and feel like helping other people find Radio 8 Ball, well, the best way you can do that other than telling them personally, is to give us a good rating and review. And if you write your synchronicity story in your rating or review of our podcast, well, I'll read it on the show. And if you haven't already, don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get our episodes as soon as they are released. And before we get down to digging into some synchronicity with this week's guest, let's do as we always do and kick off the musical divination with the pop oracle song of the day from the day I had my conversation with Calvin Johnson on July 9th, 2020. It's Hot People by Betsy Grace, recorded on Radio 8 Ball on KAOS in Olympia on August 9th, 2005. Shadow, it must be. 
And what was the name of that song? That was called Hot People. Hot People. And here we are on July 9th, 2020, talking with uh, our good friend Calvin Johnson here in Olympia, Washington, by phone. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, your uh, your invitation to return to the Oracle. Yes, it's uh, last time it was, uh, it was January. I was in Missoula with Buttes, and you were on the phone from Olympia. Mm. And the time before that, uh, I was at Theater Off Jackson in Seattle with Mount Erie, and you were Skyping in from Jenny Jenkins' home. Well, actually, in between those two, I was in Olympia on Capitol Way, where I am now, but three blocks further north uh, and across the street. But uh, I was uh, at Kitzel's. Yes, you were performing... With the Hive Dwellers. With the Hive Dwellers at Kitzel's in a show which was beautiful and unfortunately the recording, because of how uh, uh, how cacophonous the room was, the recording did not come out. Uh, but uh, the memories remain and the pictures mm. are beautiful. And, uh, mm-hmm. and having been able to share a brief shining moment at Kitzel's with you was, mm. uh, you know, was a joy. It was a joy. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, and you've you've been you've been oddly selected by the Pop Oracle to be here because you your questions initiated both of the songs that came up as answers on last week's episode. So crazy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the reading about Raina's reading. She mm. asked uh, she asked about whether she should move from Texas back to Oregon and she got Mount Erie's song I Felt Your Shape which uh, was the answer you had a question about if it was possible to find it was a it was a fun little riff find love with no money down it was like you were sort of mixing ad language and love language Um, and it led to this great uh moment of Phil explaining how his song was about different kinds of hugs and you had me and Phil demonstrating different kinds of hugs for the audience and I would love to have one of those hugs right now. I have I have yeah. been hugless for months. Sad but true. Uh, do you have someone around? Are you are you totally uh, locked down by yourself or do you are you locking down with other folks? No, it's uh, we. It's just uh, well, it's between two and four of us. Oh, that's so nice. That's yeah. wonderful. I hope it's wonderful. I guess I could see there be pit, yeah. being pitfalls, but uh, well, it, it's it's uh, so far so good. I mean, we're only a few months into it. Yes, a few months and into it a appears very long to be. Uh, it's going to be another couple of years. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks yeah. like. So, uh, well, thinking back on that day. And that song is that to that as uh, that reading. Uh, were there any synchronicities that jumped out at to you at you about I felt your shape and Raina's considering moving from Texas back to Oregon? Now you're saying Raina once lived in Oregon. Yes, she was Oregon her point of origin. Oregon was or, her point uh, of origin. It's just a stop along the way that she's returning to. It's she is an Oregonian. Yes. Now, uh, there you have it. That's the answer right there, because 
somehow Reina ended up in Texas, which is one of the largest states. And uh, Oregon, which is one of the most profound states. Now, no one's ever accused Texas of being profound. But we can see there's some connection between the um, greatness of Texas and the profundity of Oregon. There's got to be some connection. I don't know what it is. We could ask the Oracle, but who has the time? Raina, welcome back to the Northwest. Well, I, I was thinking, and you, as you were saying that, I thought you were leading towards the, that Oregon that Oregon will hug her more tightly and more profoundly, well, whereas Texas is so huge, it can't really, you know, you're, you can kind of get lost in that hug. Oregon will certainly hug her more meaningfully. Yes. Some when you're an Oregonian who lives in Austin, are you then an ostentatious Oregonian? Another great question for the Oracle. Well, uh, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Maybe a different day. We'll Maybe get to that. Day. We'll get to that shortly. Yeah. In the the normal course of things, I would be reaching out to Phil to have mm. uh, helped mm -hmm. interpret that, but uh, because of the odd synchronicity that out of 2,000 songs that are in the app, the two that came up as answers to your questions just made me feel like you were the person to reach out to. Oh, well, but uh, I know this, I also was not unaware of the fun synchronicity that this month K Records is re-releasing the mirror record that uh, Phil, that she worked with Phil Elfram on. And uh, I just wanted to check in with you, you know, as the empresario of the K universe, can you give us any kind of report on what's going on? I don't know, what's up in the, the, the Phil Elfram universe? What's going on with the re-release of the mirror records? Um, well, yeah. I do have some information that I could share with you right now. Which is, first of all, the uh, Mira album, uh, you think it's like this, but really it's like this, is, um, is, is not coming out on K. It's coming out on a New York label, who's, and I, I'm embarrassed to say that I've, I've forgotten the name of the label, but it's, it's in New York City because Mira lives in New York and uh, it's just closer to home for her. So it's coming out as a double album. One album is the album as originally produced by Phil and Mira, really by Mira and Phil. And uh, the other album is an album of covers of the original album by various contemporary artists. And nice. Phil is one of those artists, in fact. Nice. Yes, yeah, very exciting. And that uh, that's, that's coming together. And then Mira is going to make a foray out into the world uh, on a little tour at the end of August and September uh, to celebrate the record. So that's something to look forward to if you are daring enough to venture forth. How is that going to work? How is the how is touring going to work? Well, I don't know. I haven't asked. But I've wondered that same question myself. That's uh, that's interesting. I I would I would worry, but uh, so uh, this we don't have to get too much into the weeds on this, but I think it's, uh, I think that the, the fact that you, that the, the mirror record mm -hmm. is coming out on another label, there's a, there's something people may not know. And I, maybe I don't even know about K records, but it has always seemed like K records 
is one of those super artist-friendly labels where you work with artists, but you don't necessarily claim the same kind oh, uh -huh. of ownership that more that other you know more corporate labels might. So you, so that the situation where Mirrors Records coming out on another label is not so much a thing of like uh, a, a source of acrimony, but more of a sign of the the ethos of K Records, where you really let your artists be your artists, be their artists. Well, it's all working out. They, you know, it's Mira. Mira is a uh, woman's just got to do her thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, cool. I just wanted to make sure the audience wasn't like, "Oh, what's up with YK?" And it's like that's how K rolls. They just, you know, well, they let Mira do her thing. I mean, of course she's going to do her thing. So I mean, like you let her yeah. do her thing. You applaud I don't her know doing her thing. How you could stop her? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um... Cool. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear. I'm I'm looking forward to hear. You know what song does uh, Phil do on the record? I believe his his for his he does a song called "Of Pressure." Oh, nice. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to hearing this. Uh, yeah. I was not aware of the covers aspect of it, so that is yeah. Uh, that's no, it's very exciting. Um, cool. Well, uh, well, moving along. Uh, to every day, the Radio Eight Ball app selects a randomly chosen pop oracle song of the day and extending the olympianness of this today's uh, pop oracle song of the day was recorded in olympia by uh, at least someone who was an olympian at the time and someone who i will always associate with the sort of uh, open mic songwriter scene in olympia in the 90s betsy grace she recorded the song hot people on chaos on august 9th 2005 and that's the today's pop oracle song of the day i sent it along to you in an email did you get a chance to give it a listen yes i've been listening to it all all morning it's been wonderful beautiful did you have any thoughts did that does that spur any synchronicities or connections that you could draw for today it's it's so uh, that the the title of the song, "Hot People," is provocative in mm -hmm. that it could be meaning you're at the beach, you know, and there's there's people who are very hot from the sun, or they are physically very sensuous, sensual. Yes. Uh, or another thing that um, we could interpretation is they are of the moment. They're hot. They're hot. They're happening right now. Hot people. So uh, what we did is we listened to the song a few, you know, like two dozen times. And there was, it starts out with, hey, sister, you know, talking about the sun, their relationship with the sun. So that that's sort of trying to veer us towards the idea of you're on the beach and it's the sun is out. You're hot. But... You could also interpret it in another way, which is that the climate of the entire planet is heating up uh, what we call climate change. And uh, there's people who are aware of this, and there's people who are also aware of it, but just in denial. So it's hard to know exactly what Betsy, I thought I would give it another couple dozen listens, but then you called, so I haven't had a chance to really... Uh, to really break it down. Yeah, the the only other the part that I was thinking of was just uh, in terms of hot temperature, like testing mm -hmm. people for 
like uh, you know they have those uh, the new temperature right. readers that don't touch you right. so it's like you're testing for hot people because nowadays we right. have this whole this pandemic that didn't even exist in 2005 when she made this uh, recorded this song right right well it might have existed in a few da- bats in like Mongolia but uh, we don't really know but as it's speaking to us today, uh, I was thinking about that. And then the the last line is, could this violence be served by by us many unbalanced fools? And I feel like that really speaks to the the situation where we're in, where what is required is a real sense of community, of an obligation to our community that what we do affects mm-hmm. others. But we are yep. just not, we have not built our society around that impulse so we're having to that's what's needed and we're also having to um, i guess many people learn the hard way like you're seeing like people who post like i didn't believe in masks and then i went to a party and now i'm sick and i and so is my family and they're getting that's like that's a hard way to learn a lesson that we should probably learn in kindergarten which is that what i do affects you (laughs) yeah there is the whole concept and it's a concept that some still believe in, the United States of America, where we're united together in both joy and adversity. Yeah, yeah. So uh, get together, folks. And speaking of which, I got—I have to say, uh, I early in this early in this pandemic, I was mm-hmm. out for a bike ride, and I thought, you know, I'm not breathing on anyone. I'm out, I'm away from everyone, but. I passed you uh, on the on the Capitol campus. I don't know if you recognize me, but you were so well covered, and it was one of those moments where, uh, well, I felt like you were fulfilling a great role, and it made me feel like I want to do the same thing. Like even if it's not important for me to be wearing a mask at this particular moment, it's important for me to be wearing something that says I care about you. And I'm gonna wear this mask, and it might pull it, and I might pull it down if I'm riding away when I'm I'm riding off of my own. But I'm always gonna have a bandana or a mask around so that I can make that statement that I felt like you were making, and it inspired me to to feel more like, oh, I there, my sense of responsibility to my community extends beyond just the effect, but also the message oh. that I'm telling my neighbors, which is I care about you, and I felt oh, that. Well, thank you. When yeah, you were that's, that's good. Well, thank you. It's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I, on these Excellent hot news. days, sometimes you wonder, like, am I? Do I really need this? But I think what we're telling each other when we do is is a really important message. At least that's what I got from you, and it's it inspired well, me. But also, it's like it's fun. Yeah. Well, I did. I actually. <laughs> it's fun. The fun part for me is a bandana. Oh, I, uh-huh. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm old enough that I remember being a kid and wearing a bandana going to like, you know, playing cowboys. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like the idea of walk, putting on my bandana and then walking into a store or a bank, it just, yeah. it, it, uh, it really tickles me. Yep. It's pretty good. <laughs> it is fun. Uh, what's the most fun part for you about, about masking up? Oh, well, you know, I had, pulled out a bunch of bandanas that I'd acquired over the, over the, uh, decades. And, um, but then, uh, my housemate Kylie made a bunch of masks. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to wear something. And then my neighbor 
Sue, she made some masks and brought some over to give to us. So I like um, trying on different masks, and then they have different styles. Some of the, you know, uh, elastic behind the ear, and then some are more like you tie you tie tie behind your head, and uh, so it's uh, it's exciting. Are you uh, is is K Records gonna put out? I know you you do a lot of really cool merch. Are you working on any K Records masks? Well, you know, we had the K bandanas we made a few years ago, and um, and uh, they didn't. They took a long time to sell. So once they sold, I I didn't. I was like, oh, I'm not going to make these again. But um, but I had left some in uh, when I was on tour in Great Britain a couple three year, years ago. And last spring, I went back there, and I got the I got the box from my friend who had held on to it for me, and I I did, had forgotten that I'd left all these bandanas with the K logo on them, uh, in behind. So I was I was selling them, uh, and I wore them uh, occasionally as masks, um, to because uh, because I was I was okay. So here's the story. What happened is I went to England to play a festival called Words and Music at the Skep, and that was a, a festival where uh, they were combining uh, poets with people who do music that have uh, heavily uh, word-oriented music. And um, the thing about it is that I, I was quite honored that I, they felt my, my words were worthy of Words and Music at the Skep. Uh, and it's in, in taking place in Kent, Great Britain, and apparently, I was like, "Well, what is a skep? Words music at the skep? What is that like the the shed or the the barn or, or what is that? Some colloquial local colloquialism?" And they said, "Well, no, actually, a skep is back in the olden days. Kent was known as a a smuggling a region because it's on the um, it's on the the channel and uh, there's a lot of smugglers bringing ill-gotten booty into the country and the the king was all about hey man that's not cool if you if you smuggle well I'm passing a new rule if you even see someone smuggling you have to tell us you saw law that you have to tell, tell on the smugglers so the smugglers everyone knew who the smugglers were the smugglers were like, well, I got to wear this mask. They called it a skep. That way to protect my friends, just like you're saying, you need to wear a mask to protect your friends from the pandemic. They needed to wear a mask to protect their friends from the king. Because then when they're like, hey, did you see that smuggler? I see, I saw him, but he was wearing a mask. <laughs> so the skep was a mask that smugglers wore to protect their friends so they wouldn't have to identify them. So... Because of that, I said, well, I've got a whole bunch of skeps with the K logo on them. So I was wearing my skep to, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, a method to try to unload these. I didn't want to bring them home, you know? Yeah. So I was like, hey, everybody, check out these K skeps. So uh, that, was, um, that's what, <laughs> that was the end of the bandanas. And then when I... Um, Realized there was this whole need for bandanas. I called the bandana company. It's like oh, I need some more of those bandanas. 
But, you know, it had been about 10 years since they ordered the first batch. And so at that point, they were like, you're not really our customer. You're going to have to get in line like everybody else. And, of course, everybody was ordering bananas. So it was just like, forget it. Well, you know, like as you said, this pandemic could last a couple of years. So get in that line. I should get back, on, <laughs> get back in, in touch. Yeah. Good point. We need those. We need those K, uh, those K bandanas. Skeps. K Skeps. And would you it, just... As I guess you thought about this, were were you going to just do a K one, or did you have ideas for different? Like, can I get a C average scap? Or a... that's a great another great idea. We yeah. got to get on that. Yeah, I know that uh, John Marathew is one of your uh, one of your uh, fashion models and my neighbor. Oh, oh, then yeah, wow, around the corner. You know what? Uh, you're probably <laughs> we I could probably lean out my window and shout. You'd hear me because I'm. I'm your neighbor as well. Excellent. Uh, so, what a na- what a nice little neighborhood. What a talented, yeah. rocking little neighborhood we live in. Uh, Woohoo! So, anyway, mm. let's uh, let's get on to the musical divination here now. Uh, oh, sure. We're going to do something we haven't done before because okay. you are not able to download the app because you don't you don't mess with these these modern newfangled phone devices, which I. I always appreciate my friends who have managed to avoid that. But you're not able to download the app onto an iPhone. So I'm going to have you ask a question. I'll type it in and we'll use my phone here to engage the Pop Oracle. So what is your question for the Pop Oracle, Calvin Johnson? Will we get there? I'm typing that in. Will we get there? We'll find out who we are and where there is in our discussion afterwards. And now to engage the Pop Oracle, I'm going to give it a shake. And? Marvin Etzioni. This is called The Arms Race. The Arms Race. Two, three, four... nothing but a ship on dry land He needs more than a mirage on the hot desert sand She bring rain to a world on fire Women in love She think with her heart and she talk with her eyes. She wait for the dark, for the water to rise. She bring rain to a world on fire. Women in love. the arms race 
the arms race Etzioni performing Arms Race on Radio 8 Ball on January 9th, 2018 in uh, what was that? Pasadena. I think we were in, no, somewhere in, in Southern California. Anyway, uh, that was the answer to Calvin Johnson's question Will we get there? That was, yeah, will we get there? So uh, what do you think about that as the answer to your question? Oh, well, now, uh, well, I interpret it as um, no. <laughs> no, we will not get there. Well, yeah, there's, but there's some negatives there was in there. A, there, was a, there was a glimmer of hope. I felt like there was, a, there was a, definitely a feeling of like there was some... Um, uh, it wasn't uh it wasn't too uh negative it was like oh it's possible i saw some strands of some, some uh, optimism yeah that's what i was trying to say what the, i was trying to say was that I, I i felt like there was some optimism there there were strands of optimism it depends upon the the scale of the question so let's talk a little bit about the question when you say mm. will we get there um mm-hmm. 
are you talking is the we like a big universal we all of us on the planet or are we talking about the people in your house are you talking about you and well, me well certainly uh i was feeling i feeling like what you were talking about earlier is that we need to take care of each other and look out for each other so it's more of a, like a big we right and the there is like was what there is where we need to go so like so we're yeah. going to get there it's just how i guess the real question is how long is it going to take as i was as i was listening to it um are you familiar with marvin at all no um he's he's a i guess a generational contemporary of ours and uh -huh. he's he was in the band lone justice uh-huh and works a lot as a producer I think, you know there's some maybe some kindred Spirit in the sense that you're both people who uh, devote a fair amount of your time to helping other artists as well as uh, doing your own thing. You're both artist producers, so there's a nice synchronicity there. Well, that's neat. But, yeah, I just felt like the song was pretty clearly saying that, uh, at least what I heard was like it was this battle between the masculine and the feminine not men and women, but between the sort of the masculine arms race, the patriarchal thing that we've been living in for, you know, centuries, if not millennia. And then this idea of that the the woman, the the feminine spirit, she brings rain to a world on, on fire is one of the lines. And so there's this idea that if the there is a place of balance, uh, or correction of imbalance, then yes, we'll get there. And the time, the, the uh, I feel like the conflict in the song suggests that it's not just an easy road, that it's just going to be like, okay, we could just flip a switch. It's a process. That's what mm -hmm. I heard. You know, um, and I guess maybe this, the idea of a race maybe makes it speaks to maybe a sense of urgency that we're having now again like i was saying like it's one thing to be sort of to have faulty ideas or have a, a i don't know a broken society in the sense of our sense of taking care of each other in times when things are basically okay but in times of crisis that you know the urgency kicks in like hey wh why aren't we a bit why aren't we better at being in, in community we need to do this now, now, you know, there's a race to, to, uh, achieve that. It's interesting. I feel like both hot people and arms race are communicating a similar sense of the need for balance and a sense of urgency. Um, I don't know. Are you, are you catching that at all? Well, uh, problem is uh now i don't want to be negative but really the problem is republicans yeah well but some people point try to point out to me like well if they weren't republicans you would just be somebody else i'm like i'm ready for that i'm yeah. ready for something other than republicans to be the problem yeah yeah i uh I, I I can't argue with you. I can't argue. I I I I do think that they're uh... well on a on a sort of maybe more meta level. I do th I agree with you, and I also am philosophical about it and know that mm -hmm. 
the only thing that I can change is myself. And the only, mm-hmm. and one of the things I hate most about, or I, I'm, I don't want to say hate, that I find that I'm so frustrated, that I'm most frustrated about from groups that I don't like are how much they blame everyone else for the problems of the world. So when I find myself blaming them for the problems of the world, I find myself in this weird agreement with them on the dynamic. It's like, it's one of the things I I struggle with is like, I don't like bullying and I definitely don't like it from our president, but then I see bullying from people who are ostensibly in agreement with me. And I feel like I'm always having to correct I feel like I can I have a I can have more of an effect correcting my side and when I do correct my side I find that my side sometimes reacts just as uh violently and unintelligently as the other side. You know, and 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 that is not at all to to just like I'm right with you. When I see and hear the things that are said and the, the policies that are put in place and the just the intolerance and the violence of it 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 brings up hateful feelings in me. Uh, so I hear what, yeah. what I'm hearing from you right now, and I, I think that you're saying a lot of really good things. Basically, you're, you're, you're telling me that those who have not sinned should cast the first stone to a certain extent, which is just sadly... I suppose it's true. We we should we should clean up our own house. It's I don't even I I wouldn't I feel like that's almost like a like I don't my my way of saying this I don't ever want to like when someone says some he who cast who has no sin should cast the first stone it's sort of like shaming anyone who has sin, and I don't really yeah. want to say that. I think the impulse to be point. angry at things that are terrible is a very natural impulse. And at the same time, if you're thoughtful about it, and this is why it's hard, that's, this is why, often why the bad guys win. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to be a thoughtful person, if you're going to be a compassionate person and you want to have a world that is like that, then you have to act like that. And then it's easy for someone else to just, you know, someone else can just hate you at will. And if, mm-hmm. and if, if you engage in just hating them back, then they win but if you don't engage in hating them back, then they also win. So it's really, it's, we're in a pickle. We're in a pickle. So Calvin. you're saying angry, <laughs> yet thoughtful. I'm trying. And those things don't, and so you can be angry and thoughtful, which are different than hate. Anger and hate are not the same. It's true. So you can be angry about something and thoughtful about what's making you angry and how to change it without being hateful. That is certainly the goal. That is certainly the goal. Um, well, that's, thank, thanks for pointing that out to me. I appreciate that. Um, and I uh, and I'm yeah, I, but I I really don't I I I never want to act like I don't do all the 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 place where my criticism comes from is a place of self criticism. Every bad mm-hmm. impulse that a person can have, I have, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, we all just, we just have to keep navigating that. Um, mm-hmm. so, well, I, w- I'll try and get Marvin Etzioni to come on the show next week and he can maybe help us figure out how his song speaks to the question, will we get there? Mm. Um, 
I'd love it if you would join me uh, through the very sort of thin membrane of a paywall that we have for our Patreon listeners to record the little bonus episode where I'll ask my question. Um, but before we do that, I'd love to give you an opportunity to let our listeners know what you're doing musically. I know you've been doing some live performances uh, online. What's going on with K Records? Anything you'd like to to let people know about where people can find out about your music and about what's going on with K Records? Oh, well, the most exciting thing right now is that we have a new volume in our International Pop Underground series. We The series that I started in 1987 uh, mostly, it's been 7-inch, 45 RPM phonograph records, but it's also available digitally. And uh, so the newest, epi- newest issue volume in this series is number 145, and uh, it's by a group from New York called Ribbon Stage. And, uh, but uh, the, one of the members is in Olympia because... They were here at the beginning of March and then just didn't go back to New York because it wasn't really feasible or desirable to do so at that point. Were they here for the and Bikini Kill concert? They were just here for uh, to visit oh. and then stayed. So it's been four months, uh, uh, which is cool. But the, the other two band members are in New York. So um, anyway, the record comes out... Uh, in a couple weeks, and uh, we're just getting ready to, to mail out uh, all the advance orders and stuff. So that's been what I've been working on. Ribbon, ribbon Stage? stage yeah, Ribbon Stage, yeah. And is uh, the member who's staying here, are they staying with you at your place? No, Jolie, uh, Jolie's staying up Capitol Way. You know, I'm at State, and she's at about 25th, so 22 blocks south of here. Well, since we're since we're divulging our locations, we'll just say that I'm right in between the two of you. So yeah, there you go. Um, cool. Well, uh, I will provide links to that in the show notes. And now uh, we're going to move to the bonus section. I really do hope that you follow us there. Our most recent Patreon subscriber is a mutual friend of ours, Calvin, the great Arrington to Dioniso, another neighbor. Oh. Yeah. And so join Arrington if you're out there listening and you can follow along. I have a great question for the Pop Oracle that you're going to love, Calvin. (laughs) Thank you for giving your attention and intention to this episode of Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening with our guest, Calvin Johnson. Please remember to subscribe to Radio 8 Ball in your podcast app. And if you like the show, please help other people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively. If you tell your synchronicity story, I'll read it on the show. Of course, we encourage you to download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store. And finally, I do hope you will join our Patreon campaign and follow us backstage for my Pop Oracle reading, where I asked, What does it mean to be a rock and roll rabbi? The Patreon link is in the show notes. We're going to go out with a song from Calvin Johnson's most recent album, A Wonderful Beast, and his song, Wherefore Art Thou? And with that, I'm out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. 
Grab a 